0: Church, uh, the message that I want to share uh, for all of us this morning is found in Luke 24. We'll look at verses 1 to 6. This is the reading of God's holy word. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, before we hear the preaching of god's word would you join me in prayer at this time speak O lord as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word would you take your truths and plant it deep within would you shape and fashion and mold us in your likeness so that the light of christ may be seen in us and our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak O Lord as your church is built and the earth is filled with your glory. Amen. Uh, You know this week I was as I was reading and meditating upon the story of the first Easter Sunday. As I was reading the story and also thinking about our present situation This question posed by the angels in verse 5 just stood out like a sore thumb and it kept reverberating within me. And the question that they ask the disciples is this, why do you seek the living among the dead? You know, on this first Easter Sunday, we see that the disciples are operating out of fear and convention. They're operating out of fear in that They go to Jesus' tomb early in the morning because they don't want to be seen. They don't want to be caught. We see them operating out of convention in that it was normal practice to wrap corpses with spices and linen. Jesus' followers were so driven by fear and convention that they had forgotten the words of their own master. I will rise again on the third day. And so when the angels they see that the disciples have come to the tomb looking for Jesus, they ask this question, why do you seek the living among the dead? The angels ask this question not to elicit a response, but the angels ask this question to, to show them their foolishness and their forgetfulness. The angels are essentially saying Jesus isn't here. Only the dead are here. If you're looking for Jesus, you're in the wrong place. You know, I recall when I was young, uh, my family lived next to this strip mall. And inside the strip mall, there was a supermarket, there was a pharmacy, uh, a thrift store, uh, a fish store. Uh, there was a blockbuster, remember that? And there were all these other random stores in this in this strip mall in Brooklyn. Now, since I was in the first grade, my mother, she would send me out to that mall with a list and some cash. She would say, go, pick these things up, and return. And so I would have to go and bring back everything that was on the list. But sometimes, uh, oftentimes, I wasn't sure what the item was and which store I could find it in. So, as a little child, I would wander from store to store, aisle to aisle looking for the things that was on the shopping list. Occasionally, a store clerk would come up to me and ask, little child, what are you looking for? And when I would tell him I'm looking for X, he or she would remark, why are you looking for that here? Why are you looking for rubbing alcohol in a thrift store? Uh, Why are you looking for adobo spices in a lawyer's office? Uh, because it says avocado in front you know i I would get these um these puzzling looks by the people who work there these puzzling looks coupled with why are you looking for that here Uh, friends i want you to picture what's going on on this easter sunday it's easter the angels are rejoicing all heaven is celebrating The Lamb of God has overcome. Death is swallowed up. Sin is defeated. He is risen. Everyone should be at the victory line. Everyone should be celebrating and relishing in what Jesus has done. But the disciples, they come to the grave to look for Him. They just don't get it. You know, the disciples are astonished that a large stone has been rolled away but the angels are even more astonished that the disciples came to look for Jesus at the graveside. This is why the angels ask this almost sarcastic question, why are you seeking the living among the dead? Friends, church, I think this is a question that we all desperately need to hear on this Easter Sunday. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Friends, can I ask you, where are you looking in your search for life? Where are you looking in your search for hope? Where are you looking in your search for meaning and for purpose? Is it not among the dead? Are you looking for life among that which cannot give you life? Are you looking for Jesus in all the wrong places? Oh, believer, if you need to seek out a large revival meeting or a large Christian gathering to feel alive again, then you are looking for Jesus in the wrong place. If you're seeking a miracle or a sign to feel alive again you are looking for jesus in the wrong place if you think you need to travel the world if you think you need to experience some, something new if you think you need to fall so deep in sin so that you can feel alive again through repentance friends you are looking for jesus in all the wrong places you know this easter sunday is a reminder to us all that Jesus himself is life. He tells us that he is the resurrection and the life. And so this morning, will you stop seeking the living among the dead? Will you stop demanding life from that which cannot give you life? And will you come to the source of life, Jesus himself? You know, the most amazing thing that I find about Luke's resurrection story is that the angels pose this question. What are you doing here? Why are you looking for Jesus here? And so we begin to think, so if Jesus isn't here, where is he? If he's not among the dead, where is he? well i'll have you know that jesus he isn't in pilate's uh, palace he isn't in the governor's chambers resting though he is king and governor over everything jesus didn't go back home to rest thinking that his job is done though it is jesus he isn't in some pub clocking in early for happy hour Now where is Jesus? He's on a road. The very next scene, we find Jesus on a road, walking with two disciples. He's speaking to them, he's teaching them, he's guiding them. He's explaining to them everything that had happened with his death and resurrection. And when finally these disciples understand what the death and resurrection means when they see that all of Scripture was testifying towards this, this is what they say in Luke twenty four thirty two did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. Friends, Luke twenty four thirty two tells us these disciples came alive again. They came alive again because they met life and resurrection. Jesus himself. They felt alive again. Their hearts burned within them because they heard Jesus speak to them. Because they heard the word of God from Jesus himself. Friends, this, he, is the source of life. You know, um, Easter this year is, in many ways, very very similar to uh, the first Easter. Uh, the emotions that we're enduring, uh, the circumstances that we're facing, uh, even the questions that we're asking seem to align very well with all that's going on during the first Easter. You know, on that day, on the first Easter, there was a lot of uncertainty. There was tons of fear, and the stench of death was so thick in the air. The questions that were being asked were, what is going to happen? How will this all end? Will we ever get back to our normal lives? Can we ever get back to our normal lives? It's not so different from our own present situation, is it? However, because we are so close to the first Easter, because we're so close to the first Easter in terms of pathos, I also think that the hope of the resurrection can also be more real, more definitive, and more tangible for you this day. You know, we are so close to the first Easter. I think because of that, the resurrection hope can be even brighter, can shine even more, can be even more real and definitive for you this day. You know, under normal circumstances, um, I'll be the first to admit, it's really hard to fully appreciate what Jesus' resurrection means for me what it means for me and for the world. And the reason for that is because you know I've propped up so much window dressing in my life where I've set up all of these distractions, I've set up these interruptions in my life. You know, often I I wanna be busy. I call it productive. But sometimes I wanna be really busy so that I don't have to ask the real important questions. And if you're honest, some of you might agree Some of you want to get so lost in this game that we call life, that you don't have the time or the energy to deal with the real important things in life. But now, now in 2020, now that all these things have been stripped away, our silly ambitions, our selfish life goals, our sorry excuses, now that we're left bare, now that we see how weak and fragile we really are, not just as individuals, but as a society. Now that we are staring at the wages of sin, death right in its face, now that we find ourselves in this bare situation, it's like the curtains have been pulled back. Now we can finally see clearly. We can see clearly the brokenness of this world and our desperate need for a savior and the lasting hope of life and the resurrection of Jesus. Friends, church, this is what I want to encourage and challenge you all towards this morning. If previously the resurrection hope was just a glimmer, lost in the shiny reflections of all the other objects in your life, If Jesus was only in your peripheral and not center focus, would you allow God in this time, in this time that's characterized by bare essentials, would you let God reveal your idols, free you from the illusion of self-importance and self-sufficiency, and would you allow Him to take captive of your heart once more with the resurrection hope? You know, often, when the Lord wants to do a work among His people, when He wants to do a number on His people, when He wants to sanctify an individual through and through, the Lord, He sends them into the wilderness, into a place where schedules, busyness, agendas, meetings, plans, they all go out the window. The Lord sends individuals, and groups of people into the wilderness because the Lord wants to do a number on you. And church could it not be that this is a wilderness season for us all. This is a wilderness season where we've been stripped of everything so that the Lord may minister effectively and powerfully in our vulnerable and helpless states showing us once more that the only hope we have is in the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I know that as a church that this is a real opportunity for us, Elon, to grow as a body. You know, in this wilderness moment, it's a time for us to grow in our cherishing and yearning and desire for fellowship with one another. Uh, This wilderness is a time where we can grow in our reverence and appreciation for communion. You know, we were supposed to have communion two days ago on Good Friday. We're supposed to have communion this morning. We were supposed to drink a sour wine on Good Friday and sweet wine this morning. But as these things have been taken away momentarily, is it not the Lord working in us to grow reverence and appreciation for these things? This wilderness moment, it is a moment for us to be really challenged. Challenged to think about how we can really help one another in meaningful and Tangible ways. You know, more practically, uh, you know, for parents, parents who've always wanted more time and opportunity to parent well, to parent intentionally, you know, for those parents who've really wanted to have the time to teach and train your children in the instruction of the Lord, but, you know, we've always made excuses saying, you know, we don't have the time or the energy. Well, now is that time has the lord not granted us this opportunity so that we can continue to instruct and raise our children in the instruction of the lord pointing them also in the direction and focus of our resurrection hope friends for those of you who've been so dependent upon certain relationships is this not a moment where the lord will strip you of these things and show you that he is your portion those of you friends where work might have consumed you where your career has become your idol has not the lord taken these things away momentarily to show that he is your everything for those of you who've fought off temptation and sin throughout the years through sheer busyness. You were able to fight off temptation and sin by schedule clutter. And now you find yourselves alone. Will you now allow the gospel, the gospel to heal you and free you from those sins? You know, church, on this Easter morning, I just want to encourage you and challenge you Please do not take this time, this situation, for granted. If in this moment you find that you feel dull, complacent, bored, maybe worried about the things of this world, or you're just waiting for sports to start up again, remember that almost everyone in Jerusalem on that Easter morning was sleeping well thinking, Jesus is dead, On to the next one. Richard Foster, um, in a book on uh, spiritual discipline, he writes this, um, correctly diagnosing our situation. He says this, in contemporary society, our adversary, the devil, majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. If He can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, He will rest satisfied. Church, now it seems that the Lord has removed many of the distractions in our lives. And on this Easter Sunday, may His voice be louder, may His hope be brighter, and may His resurrection life be You're all in all. Would you join me in prayer at this time?